0: Now, enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
1: Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good, good morning to our guests and friends and family members who joined us for this live stream worship service. Welcome to this service. We pray that God, in His grace, will minister to you at the point of your need that you can rejoice and give thanks for who he is and all that he is doing in your life. The title of the message today is Why Does God Allow His Children to Suffer? Why does God allow his children to suffer? One of the greatest difficulties in life is coping with suffering When it touches you and the people that you love. Popular opinion says if you really love God and do your best to serve Him, your life will be free from suffering. This notion has circulated for thousands of years, but it is dead wrong. Sometimes the opposite is true. Some of the greatest. Hearers in the Bible endured tremendous suffering. And the same is true of today. Some of God's most precious people suffer the most. Suffering can touch our lives at four different levels, which often overlap. One, our physical health can be taken from us temporarily or permanently. Two, our most important relationships in life may be lost, damaged, or destroyed. Three, our emotional health can be attacked by stress, depression, or a host of other problems. And four, our spiritual lives may be shaken as we fight spiritual battles. Many of you are burdened with suffering today, If your life has been free from suffering, I would say fasten your seatbelt because suffering visits each of us at some point during our life. To suffer or not to suffer is not the question. The real question is how will we respond to our season of suffering? Will it make us better or bitter? Will it make us or break us? Will it strengthen us or weaken us? Will we conquer it or will it conquer us? It becomes our own personal decision what we will allow suffering to do, either to us or for us. Some only grumble and complain and drown themselves in self-pity while others put a smile on their face, keep a song in their heart, stay sweet in their disposition, and draw closer to their Lord. Suffering can show up anytime, anywhere, with anyone. Like the products we buy at Walmart, suffering comes in all sizes, varieties, big and small. Some suffering lasts a short time, while others never quit. If you are burdened with suffering or troubles, the real-life story of Job offers us hope this morning. Job was a righteous man who served God with his whole heart. He endured suffering at every point in his life. His possessions were destroyed, his children were killed— and his health was ruined. Job didn't understand his suffering. His wife didn't understand it, and she offered him bad advice. His friends didn't understand his suffering and turned on him, saying that it was because of his sins. Job ended up devastated at every point of his being, emotionally, physically, relationally and spiritually. Like Job, his wife and his friends, we struggle today with the question, why am I or the people I love suffering so much? We want to know why. That's why the book of Job speaks so eloquently to us today. Job addresses the question, Why does God allow his children to suffer? I want to answer this question by looking at the characters in Job's story. Each character offered a reason why Job was suffering or a response on how he should react. But God alone offered the real answers. So first let us look at Satan. Satan believed that suffering causes people to forsake God. Job chapter 1, 6 through 11. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan responded to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him And his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. He says Satan had permission to attack Job and to make him suffer. He destroyed Job's possessions, he killed his children, he ruined Job's health. And Satan wants to afflict our lies with suffering as well. He says Satan is at the root of all suffering, directly or indirectly. Satan always has evil intentions in mind for us. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8: Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. Satan wants to destroy our faith. He wants to ruin our relationship with God. He wants to destroy our health. He wants to cause us problems at work, at school, at church, and at home. Satan attacked Job for a spiritual purpose. Satan wanted Job to turn his back on God. Satan works the same way with us today. He wants us to doubt God's love for us. You see, when we are hurting, Satan whispers lies to us uh, to get us to doubt God. He says, if God really loved you, you would not be suffering like this. See, it is easy to fall into Satan's trap when we are suffering. We begin to feel abandoned by God, frustrated with God, and we get angry with God. And we drift away from God as our emotions overwhelm us. But the process of drifting away from God happens gradually. We quit reading the Bible on a regular basis. Then we quit praying on a daily basis. Little by little we fall away from our worship, so we do not worship on Sundays and more. Then we drift away from our Christian friends. Our thought life and language begin to change. God has less and less a place in our lives so that we are eventually living as if we never knew God, if we never became Christians. This is why Satan afflicts us with suffering. But underline this fact Satan had to ask God if he could attack Job, and God set a limit on what Satan could do to Job. So when we suffer, we must remember two things. One, God is still in control of our lives, whether we sense it or not. Two, God is aware of every time Satan tries to bring suffering into our lives. Satan can't touch us unless God allows it. Suffering tests our faith in God. Suffering reveals the quality of our faith. When we are suffering, our relationship with God is our greatest refuge. So don't let Satan cause you to waver in your faith in God. Let God be your refuge when you are suffering. But the second character we need to look at is Job's wife. To Job's wife, suffering is a reason to give up on life. Job chapter 2 and verse 9. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. Job's wife frequently gets a bad rap, but let's not be too hard on her. She has just lost all of her children, and she hurts as she sees her husband in incredible pain. She only speaks once in the story. She didn't understand why Job was suffering. She she loved her husband, and she hurt with him. And when she saw Job in excruciating agony, scraping his oozing sores with a piece of broken pottery, it was more than she could handle. And she said, why don't you just end it all? She said, Job's wife thought incorrectly that suicide was the answer to severe suffering. When prolonged, unexplainable suffering smacks us in the face, we are all tempted to give up. In our darkest moments, life seemed like it isn't worth living. You'd be surprised at how many people listening to this message have thought at some point about giving up by taking their own lives. Job's wife told her husband to end it all, to curse God and die. In Chapter 2 and verse 10, Job responds to his wife. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. So Job understood that his life was in God's hands and it wasn't his to take. No matter how bad things get, no matter how bad we hurt, we are foolish if we think the answer is to give up and to end the life that God has given us. God has a plan for your life and mine, and he can work out his plan for our life even in the midst of suffering. And in some unexplainable way, we can come to know Christ more fully in the midst of our suffering. But then let us look at Job's friends. To them, suffering is punishment for sin. Job 2, 11 to 13 says, When three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. For a full week, Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, grieved with him. They did what friends should do with a hurting friend. They shared his pain. But then they turned on Job over the course of 24 chapters, They tried to persuade Job that his suffering was due to some terrible sin he had committed, and they tried to convince him to repent of his sin. The three friends had good intentions, but they inflicted more pain on Job with their false accusations. Job's friends didn't understand the mind of God or the mysterious reasons for suffering— Even today, well-meaning friends can offer us advice which is worse than no advice at all. They don't help us through our suffering. Our sufferings may make no sense to us because we think, like the rest of society, that bad things aren't supposed to happen to good people. But sometimes bad things happen to good people who are in a right relationship with God. God's purposes are beyond our understanding. But then let's look at Job. To Job, suffering sometimes has no explanation. The reason for Job's suffering was a mystery to everyone in Job's life. Job's wife didn't understand, his friends didn't understand, and Job himself didn't understand why he was suffering. Job didn't just struggle with the the pain of his suffering, he struggled more with the question, why? Sixteen times, Job asked, why am I suffering? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Job allowed the question, why, Lord, to cause him to doubt God's goodness. Listen to him in in chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. I am disgusted with my life. I will say to God, don't simply condemn me. Tell me the charge you are bringing against me. What do you gain by oppressing me? Why do you reject me, the work of your hands, while smiling on the schemes of the wicked? You formed me with your hands. You made me, yet now you completely destroy me. As Job asked the the question, why God? He couldn't find God in the midst of his pain. Job was so overwhelmed with his pain that he he couldn't feel God's presence. Job felt abandoned by God. Job's inability to find God in the midst of his pain was his biggest struggle. It was far more painful than the physical and emotional pain he was feeling. During his horrific suffering, Job's faith was severely tested Job wavered at times spiritually, but he endured the test of faith because he trusted God even when life made no sense at all to him. He learned to trust in God even when he didn't understand. Sometimes we simply have to say, God, I'm putting my life in your hands. I've done everything I know to do. You take control, God. i leave it in your hands. The most difficult spiritual truth in the book of Job is God sometimes allow his children to suffer without explanation. As finite human beings, we can't always understand why the infinite God let us, his children, suffer. Yet we know that God is all-loving, all-knowing and all-powerful, we can't always understand how God is working in our lives. Some of our questions will remain unanswered on this side of eternity. Many people wrongly believe that being a Christian exempt them from suffering, then they question God's goodness and love when they suffer trials. You see, faith in God does not prevent trials. Faith in God gives us a refuge in the midst of trials. Our all-powerful God could rescue us from every problem, every trial, but sometimes he allows us to go through the, these problems for reasons beyond our understanding. You see, God is in control of our lives even when we can't sense it. But finally, God. Suffering teaches us to trust in God for who he is, not just for what he does. After 37 chapters of silence, God finally answered Job in chapter 38, verses 1 through 5. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line?" Instead of giving Job the answers he wanted, God assured Job that he was in total control. He was the creator of the, of the earth and of Job himself, and he knew exactly what he was doing. That he alone knew the reasons for Job's suffering. God taught Job that it is better to know God than to know all of the answers. Job didn't need to know why he was suffering. He needed to know who was in control, who loved him, and who would be with him in his suffering. Job needed a new understanding of God. And so in in, uh, chapter 42, verses 1, 2, and 6, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Job learned that no matter how bad life gets, God's love and grace are enough. I don't know about you, but it gives me great comfort to know that God's grace is always sufficient, that suffering will not last forever, That we can lean on the everlasting arms of God. That God is a safe and secure refuge in times of suffering or in times of trouble. And that the Lord will never, never leave nor forsake us. What a comfort it is to have the promises of God's word. That all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. That weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. That the angels of the Lord are encamped around those who fear him and delivers them. That the Lord is a very present help in the time of trouble. That nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have nothing to fear because God is with me. And that we can go boldly to the throne of grace and there obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It is this assurance, the assurance that comes from God's word, that gives us the strength to stay in the race, that gives us the courage to handle our sufferings, that gives us inspiration to finish the course, that gives us the desire to keep the faith, and that gives us the confidence that we can make it. No wonder then that Fanny Crosby could write, Perfect submission, all is at rest. I, in my Savior, am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, and lost in his love. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street, at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.